sort of explore creativity. We piss people off. You know, who has access to art? An ephemeral queer space. You're just mm -hmm. like, you get this crazy idea and you're like, yeah, we can do this. <laughs> if not now, when? Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Third Space Gallery podcast. I'm your host, Abigail Smith. Today's episode, Art Therapy with Kim Cookson. I loved this conversation about the value of setting aside time for creativity, working through grief with art, and Kim's approach to her work in art making in general is just so infectious. I'm sure you're going, you're going to want to freeform draw or paint or sculpt with whatever you have handy after listening to this interview. And also, I wanted to say that this is our final episode of season one of the Third Space Gallery podcast. I want to thank everyone that helped me make this happen. All of my excellent interviewees, thank you so much for giving me the time. And thank you to the board of Third Space Gallery. And a huge thank you to Third Space Gallery's executive director, Kathleen Buckley. Thank you so much for your support and encouragement. Also, I want to give a really huge thank you to Local 107.3 FM. They provided me with all of the gear and all of the training I needed to go from never having produced a podcast before to genuinely feeling like I have a new skill, and I absolutely cannot thank them enough. So thank you to Local FM station manager, Julia Rogers, for all of your encouragement and support. And if you are listening and you're interested in podcasting or broadcasting, don't hesitate to reach out to Local FM via their website or email julia at cfmh.ca. Their mandate is to support local artists and creatives. So you can host a show on any topic that you find fascinating, from movie reviews to local music to an interview-based show like this one. And also, I wanted to extend a huge thank you to everyone that's tuned in. Your feedback has been really amazing, and it was especially meaningful to me to create something community-driven during a time where community really means the most. So thank you for listening to the Third Space Gallery podcast. It's really appreciated. And without further ado, here is my interview with Kim Cookson. Hi, my name's Kim Cookson. And I started a program in a business called Donate to Create and people donate supplies and I create programs for art as a form of therapy. Been doing it from the city for 16 years and uh, people hire me, the, the classes are free and clients hire me to offer these classes as a form of art as therapy. So I go into nursing homes, hospitals, libraries, community centers. And uh, right now because of COVID, uh, because my classes have stopped because of bubbles and accepting people in and out of uh, retirement homes and hospitals and community centers, I've gone back to school to get my master's of art therapy. So I will be an official art therapist. So I could also work in a clinical medical setting um, because art therapy helps mental health. So that's me. I'm at Kootenay Art Therapy Institute out of Nelson, BC. I picked that art school instead of Concordia or Waterloo. Um, there's only four art therapy programs in Canada because this one deals with, I'll try to say it all once, it deals with the phenomenological hermeneutics approach. Big two words, what's that mean? It means that we work with the natural processes of people. We don't do a top down, I'm the expert in the room. We let the art, talk and the art doesn't lie 
the art comes out and we can see a whole lot in the art of how people are doing. And so that's the scoop. So that's why I chose it. I, I think it's very uh, fitting for maritime way of life. It's also grounded in indigenous philosophy, which I also think is very important. And uh, it's nature-based. And since we live in Atlanta, Canada, we got a lot of nature. I like that too. <laughs> we sure do have a lot of nature. Um, that's really interesting. I um, I didn't realize that there were so few programs for art therapy in Canada. There's only, well, art therapy did not become a profession in Canada until 1977. So it's a very young industry in terms of used as counseling modality, big word for method, uh, to uh, help people get better and feel good about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And in your work as like your, so you, the the organization that you started, Donate to Create, you are freelancing and you're you're going into other people's organizations or, or nursing yeah. homes. Um, how does that as a facilitator feel when you're kind of dropping in um, on people's homes or on people's into people's lives kind of like on one-offs how does that differ from uh you know being with the same people every day um well i have two let me back up i don't do one-on-one at the moment Mm. um i will do one-on-one when i become a registered art therapist and i'll open up my practice just like a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a mental health counselor or a social worker uh so that's one venue I'm not there yet. When I finish school, I we can do that. In the meantime, I drop in to uh, the facilities that hire me for six and 12 week programs. So in the group work, because group work heals, only 15% of the actual group work knowledge helps people. The rest is a relationship. So within the relationship of the group, the group help each other while we're doing art. So it takes about the third or fourth group meeting when I facilitate to get things warmed up. So I uh, introduce art materials appropriately and the art directive appropriately for the group. Now, I know beforehand who's going to be in the group. I know beforehand what are the strengths and weaknesses based on the supervisor who hires me. So, for example, I could have a group that's mainly widowed women that have just lost their husbands mm. or their, their spouses or their, their wives. Or I could be in a group that's all just getting over cancer and they're in remission. Or I could have a group that's a whole lot of different age groups that have just come into the retired residence and they're new. So I have a group that's kind of new to the residents and just kind of getting their feet wet. And then I have groups that are drop-in groups, they're family drop-in groups that is so they can come in with their, their, their caregiver or their mom and dad or their sister and brother or their kids. And that's geared to family art, family uh, relationships and family bonding. So it depends on where I'm at, Abigail. That's really interesting that, uh, that art therapy, you find yourself in sometimes it seems like coaching people through grief, sometimes coaching people through life changes or yeah. mental illness. Yeah. How does that kind of change? And I'm sure that there's lots of overlaps within all of those groups as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, do you have kind of like a preference or do you know what's, what's like your favorite part of the job? 
I know this is going to sound corny, but I love every part of it. I, I love looking into people's eyes. I see the universe in people's eyes and hope. I do not. I have a, a rare ability to see what's going on outside of what they say to me by stop, based on just pure observation. I have no preference whatsoever. They're all magical moments of healing to me. And I know without any hesitation that I will accomplish what I want to accomplish with the group. And it has not faulted yet in my 16 years. One of the reasons is you let people be who they are and let the art do the work. The art doesn't lie. The art makes the unfamiliar that's inside their head and their bodies familiar on the page. And most times people cannot articulate their pain or their grief or their isolation or their depression. They can't really articulate it, but when they do their art, it seems like it's a friend and then it comes out. And it's the most magical, magical feeling to experience not only for myself, but for whoever I'm with and the group at large. Yeah, the dynamic between the people sharing this with each other must be really beautiful to witness and um, and see people go through that process together. Not for it sounds mm-hmm. like it's not necessarily for any end goal. It's like the process is the is the point of, of working through these things in a group setting and with you in like a, a safe environment. That's right. Well, the safe environment is also like I'm very strict on optics, like very strict. I make sure no one enters the room. I shut the room. So it's a safe. It's not like the dew drop in. So I make sure no one can just walk in and walk out. Um, I also, uh, in terms of vetting, uh, I the, the supervisors or the facilitators or the client who, you know, I'm, I'm very uh, involved in the vetting. You know, if someone's got serious um, cognitive issues, then, you know, of course they're not uh, able to participate, but then I'll say, look, they may not be physically able to do it, but they'll love the art lesson about, because I talk about art and different histories and, and genres of art, and they'll like just hanging around with people, you know, just to see people work and, 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 uh, and uh, encourage one another. So that's another part, just the sort of awareness of being around the art environment. It's kind of like, kind of like, you know, watching, I know this sounds, you know, just like watching TV or sitting out on your porch. People like to be together and just kind of hang out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that for adults too, like, I know that uh, this is something I've kind of experienced that, um, Children are so often in environments where they're all asked to create together, but that kind of falls off as a grown up if you're if you're not like yeah. in an arts community and not in a craft yeah. community. And sometimes grown ups can be kind of reticent to be creative. I participated yeah. in a a, a, a a workshop at Third Shift last year um, that was put on by Casey Wilcox, where we were making sculptures out of found objects and flowers that right. we foraged. Right, and right. I realized I was I was quite anxious to make uh, art and to make it in front of people, and worried that it wasn't going to be as good as someone else's, and and you know, which was so silly because it was totally a free for all, and right. um, 
but that did melt away because Casey's such a great facilitator and and I was surprised at how nervous I was but it made me kind of reflect on how as an adult there's not often times that people tell you it's okay to create well we're, we're born to be creative and as we get older the self-critic comes out because we start to enter the world of you know performance and performance means marks and success and money and all that world so our spontaneous art that we used to do when we were kids you know like what the heck that brush and slap it around and play and dig in the sand we we lose that but you go where you go uh you're it's still inside we just like you said you're not given the opportunity enough and doing spontaneous art for the heck of it with no intention is super therapeutic um, it reduces, I mean, just a, a little bit without getting too, you know, medically here, but scientifically, your the neurology, you, your nervous system calms down when you do something that's focused and with no intention. Uh, so it's a, it's a terrific way to let go. So what you explained is that you figured out to let go. You think, hey, I got to let go here. I'm just having fun. Kate's cool. I'm in a safe environment. I can, I can do this, but you had to do some self-talk to get yourself to that space. Yeah. That's interesting too, especially where, where we, you're talking about like the self-critique of being creative. There's also like yeah. a lot of self-critique that comes with grieving of like yeah. not grieving correctly or not, not, uh, not feeling the way you're supposed to feel or, or maybe, you know, all the complicated feelings with grief. So in your work with people you said you you've you've worked with groups that have all lost their yeah. spouses yes do you find that that's that's a component of it is is allowing the space to to grieve oh absolutely i i give the analogy is let let the art go through you be part of you and then release it into the earth let it just sort of take it in and and visualize that it's just going out of your body the art's just a way of making it flow out and heal and let sort of all those random thoughts go. And metaphorically, I mean, art therapists, life before me and my world of school, I mean, I self-taught myself and read books. And, and the art world, because it's, you know, we have the typical, oh, yeah, you're arty flighty. You know, the people there's there art has gotten a bad rap in terms of people be doing art that have, uh, you know, some solid grounded personality, which is so far from the truth. Everything in this world would not happen without creativity. The phone we're talking on is a creative piece of technology. Everything is everything we do is creative, whether we cook, how we put our clothes together, how we decorate our houses. It's all part of the creative sphere. And metaphorically, we have to have those connections. Look at this with COVID. I mean, we're all like, we're missing connections. And creativity is a way to connect to ourselves, to each other. Um, you know, and it's, it's been tough on a lot of people. And I think, and, and, and I'm, of course, I'm being biased, but really, our world, meaning the, the world view of culture has changed dramatically because of COVID. I agree. And I, I think that 
the the I think the art has changed and and also exactly what you're speaking to I I think that myself and a lot of others are thinking a lot about how this is all affecting us mentally I think that we're kind of collectively going through a grieving process of of missing our friends and family and missing the connection we used to be able to rely on by going to physically see each other um and I, I wonder how how do you feel that art therapy plays into a COVID era and, and how we're processing all of this? Well, I can only speak with the people um, I'm dealing with right now. I have a Zoom class, and but I can I can see just from the physical operational point of view is that when you go to Walmart, Michaels, ESL, any of the supply stores. Uh, for our supplies, they're, they're, they're just off the shelf. Like things are flying off the shelf. So that tells me that people are looking to do things within themselves and their house to keep them busy. And so that means that it's, it's a natural instinct. No one's telling them to go buy art supplies. I mean, they can't keep stuff on the shelf in at dollar store and Michael's it's just go, like things are just flying off the shelf. So that tells me people are, are prompted to, naturally be gravitating towards art they're listening to music i mean the cd and the download sales are, are to the stratosphere people are buying uh i mean i'm just not talking about art traditional art and music i'm talking about people are signing up for you know binoculars and and bird watching all these creative ways people are taking dance classes that never took dance classes on zoom people are naturally gravitating to the creative world, even mm. though it's tough and we can't connect, they're naturally gravitating to the creative world to cope. Yeah, there's a there's a real organic like compulsion there. And it's interesting too, that like so many people have, have to have been unemployed during this time. And that's obviously mm. devastating financially, but I, I think it also has, giving people an opportunity to pursue interests that they've never been able to before just uh, like maybe out of sheer boredom at first but but eventually you you need you search for something that you can create with right it's a natural instinct well the chinese have a saying a proverb don't let a crisis go to waste i think that <laughs> this crisis has created new and innovative ways to connect and it's brought culture at, at, on all stripes to the forefront of how important it is to our life, which I think is great. I think it also has um, made the medical profession look more creatively. They're, 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 they've ramped up telehealth. And before it was a big issue, now it's no issue at all. It's like, oh, it works great. Um, so there's been some really positive things uh, due to necessity that people are like, yeah, we can do this. We don't have to, you know, so it's, it's broken down some barriers in light of the situation. I mean, we're back into orange now. So I'm in my practicum at school, meaning I have to do so many hours for practical. And and now it's, um, I started uh, Monday and I'll be going till June and I have to stop. So, you know, I know that's going to be disheartening for some of the, the participants but I gave them homework to do, so I'm going to see how they work out. So that's um, great, and you're—I th- I have a feeling that your homework's quite fun. So I'm sure that I'm sure oh, yeah. that there'll be some interesting results. I'm 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 all about fun, fun and happiness. 
fun and happiness. So I feel, I feel that there's a tremendous opportunity for us to, as when we come out of this, everyone in any particular field of cultural endeavor, whether it's in the nonprofits or for profit, that we're going to have an, a, a more respect, more respect as an industry to make a living, more respect and how, how vital it is for our human beings to connect culturally and do things like paint, draw, dance, knit, gardening, whatever your bailiwig is. And I feel that it's probably, um, and even writing, journaling, and I think it's going to be very positive. And um, I know, who knows what the future. Mm, I think that you're right. I I think... I mean, and you would know as you're the expert, but I think that people like in, in all of the conversations about COVID, there's also been it's the first time that you see like public health leaders on television talking about mental health yeah. and and making public policy and changing COVID policy to allow for people to to, you know, yeah. preemptively care for their mental health I think that's huge because it's become really at the oh. forefront of everyone's mind is like how like and it and in mental health is a public yeah. health concern so uh how are we connecting with each other and and that's yeah. I think that you're totally right that that has is a clear indication that there's more respect for the um the internal life of people oh absolutely absolutely and art I mean in terms of this genre and your third your third pace gallery, spontaneous art, meaning just to do it for the heck of it, that piece, like when you when people are down and out or people feel bad or people don't having a good day, they go to food, drinking, drugs, you know, maybe alcohol, and or you know those are not always good everything's in moderation but also they go to exercise and, and and you can do art and you can make music and you can journal like the cultural side of rehabilitation has come to the more of an awareness as an option outside of taking medication i mean it's a they, they both work in tandem mm. if you need help uh getting over i mean most people, and I'm, I'm going into the art therapy world, most people are stuck. They just need some help to navigate out of the stuckness, whatever that is. Most people, you know, have all the resources they need. They do. Art brings those resources to the forefront. And most people take for granted that they can write and draw they can everyone can draw everyone can doodle mm. oh you have to sit there and doodle away that's 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 art you can turn the doodles into faces or spaceships or sunflowers or flowers i mean there's all kinds of possibility and the that as a modality a method to heal is now i think more than ever obvious because of covid because people are turning to it naturally they're turning to it naturally yeah absolutely do you have any um, do you have any like quick tips for people wanting to uh, art therapize at home? Oh, simple. Quick tip is put on some music, make yourself a cup of tea or a coffee, whatever uh, libation that you want. Sit down with a pencil and paper, anything. doesn't matter. It could be on the back of a cereal box. It could be lipstick. 
You could use nail polish, anything that will scribe and just doodle, just doodle. And when you doodle, then start coloring in the spaces of the doodle and then make pictures, make like, look for, you know how you, you can look in the clouds and find pitch, find, you know, pictures in the clouds, things in the clouds. Well, just look for things in your doodle that you could turn into. So that circle could be a sun or it could be a happy face or it could be a flower. No, it, or it could, you know, be the moon turn you know, morph it into something that, uh, that you see in your doodle and you can have hours of fun coloring coloring has been an art therapist thing for, for, you know, as long as Lassie color. <laughs> That's good well, advice. I think that even for professional artists, um, being able to create without, uh, without an intention or without a, uh, without, just, a, without making a product is, as you said, like right. has mental well, benefits. That's where the therapy comes in, Abigail, to not have intention and just let your subconscious flow. Be reflective and just do it. That's, you know, don't don't get, uh, I call it dissecting the broccoli. Just, just do it. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I think that's great advice. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. This was wonderful. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity, Abigail. Thank you, and best of luck with your masters. Um, I'm I'm so glad that you are in the art therapy world because you're you are wonderful at it. Well, thank you, Abigail. Thank you for the time. Cheers. I really appreciate it. Take care. Take Bye-bye. care. Thank you for listening to the Third Space Gallery podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced by me, Abigail Smith, with invaluable support from St. John's only campus and community radio station, Local 107.3 FM. Our logo is by Judd Crandall of Pulp and Paper Design, and our theme song is Norwood Falls by Wangled Teb. Thank you to the Third Space Gallery Board of Directors and our Executive Director, Kathleen Buckley.